Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome <laughs> to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. Here are my fellow nerds, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And Gary Price. <laughs> I would ask how's, how it's going. But Tumultuous. I, I already know. Uh, so we've been in studio now for roughly two hours. Yep. Uh, we've had some major tef- technical difficulties. We don't know what's going on still. No. It's a ghost in the machine. Uh, um, some things are working. Some aren't. We're the Sam Darnold and the computer is the New England Patriots. And I know. I mean, we don't. It's not going to show up on this podcast, not on YouTube or anything. But the second I finally got it all figured out, I hit go, grabbed my mic, and the whole mic just fell off the desk. <laughs> ripped, the arm just ripped right off. I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. Come on. <sighs> so here we go. Yeah, I'm sleepy now. That's how this is, this, that's how this is going right now. Two hours of like sitting in this chair without like talking dynasty, just yep. talking to you guys like regular folks. Just regular old people. Yep. Gross. Uh, so there will be no Nerd Herd show coming out like right away we have to figure that out we're probably gonna do a, a remote show how to get that out get that out this week we will figure it out either we do it on discord for the nerd herd or we just put a show out via remote we will have to figure that out we'll figure it out yeah but we are drastically behind so so behind. this show too will be a little bit shorter than normal um because we've already been going at it so let's get into it first i want to tell you guys uh about our friends over at ffpc this is something i jumped into and i really hope you guys take advantage of this too because it's a chance to win some mucho dinero right our friends at ffpc have a special playoff challenge going on right now for all of our fantasy football friends there are two separate playoff challenge contests a $35 entry and a $200 entry. Both contests have the same exact rules and format. A $200 entry contest has a $500,000 grand prize, $1.4 million in total prizes. A $35 entry contest has a $100,000 grand prize, $476,000 in total prizes. So, what it is, it's a playoff challenge contest that runs the length of the entire NFL playoffs, starting on January 14th with the wild card weekend games and ending on February 12th with the Super Bowl. There's no draft or salary cap. You simply select your roster once. This roster will be your roster for the entire duration of the contest. There'll be no waivers, no free agency. Each roster will consist of 12 NFL players in the following starting roster format. One QB, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, four flex of a wide receiver, running back, tight end, one kicker, one defense. You may only choose one player per team, and you mm. may choose from any of the 14 playoff teams. For instance, if you select Tom Brady as your quarterback, you can't select any other Buccaneers for your roster, including kickers and defense. Rosters lock on Saturday, January 14th at 435. There's Eastern time. There's no free and see or roster adjustments for the duration of the contest. FFP scoring rules in effect are running backs and wide receivers equal one PPR. Tight ends equal one half PPR. So the championship game is going to be a two-player versus two-player showdown? Is that what? Is that how that thing is going to end up? Basically, Pretty yeah. Much. yeah. Yeah. Right? So each week's score will be added to your team's total, which will accumulate during the duration of the contest. Super Bowl points will count as double towards your team's total. Teams with the most points at the end win the big money. Click the link in the show description to sign up for the either the $35 entry or the $200 entry. But here's the big kicker, guys, gals. If you use the promo code NERDS when you sign up, 
you're gonna get twenty five dollars off your entry. That's crazy. Twenty five dollars off a thirty five dollar entry. Do a thirty five dollar entry. Promo code nerds. You have to be a new sign up. I'm not gonna lie, sons. I'm going for the big five hundred gusto. Do it. I'm doing it. So it's time to strategize. Promo code nerds ffpc.com. Get over there now. Check it out. Use that promo code, and hopefully. You can come away with the grand prize. But remember, there's tons of more prizes outside the grand prize. Tons of more. Tons of more. Tons of more gargantuans of prizes. Yeah. I didn't say orangutans. I said gargantuans. There you go. Is a gargantuan also an animal? I don't think no. so. I no. think it's just yep. a size. Oh, look at that cute little gargantuan over there. Nope. That's not a thing. Those big, bugly, gargantuous eyes. <laughs> there's like a bugly. gigantopithecus or something like that a long time ago. That was a that was like a, a pre, that was a, like a prehistoric yeah 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 sounds Dang. delicious all right let's talk about our yep. show topic today what are we talking about today we're talking about sophomore step ups I was gonna say it because I thought you were asking and then I realized it was a rhetorical question rhetorical he just wants, just made a snake noise he just needs to keep <laughs> <laughs> just, wow the slap happiness is I'm a settled snake. in <laughs> slithery snake wow. Right. Uh, so sophomore steps up. Step Usually ups. we're not this slap happy in the we first show not. because I think it's just like frustration too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know yep. you laugh to keep from crying. Yes, kind of thing. One of those. Yeah. Okay. Sophomore step ups though, or second year step ups. Either way, it just rolls right off the right tongue. Off the tongue with like the a, S, like a snake, like a snake. Slippery, slithering. <laughs> uh, so sophomore step, a guy who's going up from his rookie year to his sophomore year in the NFL. Players that we think are good buys. Now, they hold good value. So we're not going to talk about Kenneth Walker because good luck with that. He's expensive. He's, mm-hmm. He costs a pretty pay. Told you yeah. guys he was sweet. So he's my one-two. You know, Swing. Garrett Wilson's pretty sweet, too. Yeah, I was yes, say. he is. But anyways. I like, I like Garrett Wilson a lot. So my sophomore step up is Garrett Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I got a guy who didn't finish his running back one. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Um, so we're talking about a couple guys here. We're going to get in, kind of talk about them a little bit. Um, some news today, though, in Dynasty World is the Cardinals, after firing everybody, are going to try go. and trade DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. Yeah. That's So that's going to be a whole different little look at, on that team, right? I would imagine they're going to get rid of A.J. Green as well. It's going to be, you know. Rondell Holly, Moore and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown and, and Rondell Moore. They, Except we'll both be a buy. The shortest wide receiver core in the NFL. Ooh, true story, homie. Yeah. Let's say yeah. draft like Quentin Johnson. They might. They've always um, liked the receiver, but it depends on who their new head coach is. It I, really, mean, I mean, that could be a totally different look. You would imagine they're still going to use, you know, Kyler's running ability and stuff sure. like that. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of turnover here. I think it makes both those guys a buy. I think it makes Marquise Brown a buy, who we just kind of talked about before. Them giving mm-hmm. up a first-round pick for him kind of made it clear that even though the GM now is gone, so it actually doesn't make anything clear now because even though they give a first-round pick. He was balling, though, when he was the guy. He was. He was playing very well. Good yeah. report, Kyler. Yep. They got to make him happy. He runs the show now. Yeah, um, and if he could nearly get 1,000 yards in Baltimore's very run-happy attack, you would imagine whatever kind of attack they have there in Arizona next year is going to be more pass happy than the Baltimore one that he came from when he was, you know, borderline wide receiver one. Or wide Late first two. for Marquise Brown? Yeah, I would. I feel good about that, yeah. Late first. Mid to late second from Rondale Moore? Yeah, I would. Count me out on him. I know that you like him as a buy. I just don't like him as a player. I think he's okay. I, uh, I think he's a good player. It's it's injuries. Yep. That's what it is. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they draft a big body receiver. They have a lot of draft picks. Uh, they a do. lot of draft capital, multiple firsts, multiple thirds. Uh, so Trey McBride know. is a guy that, you know, 
who another probably could have been on this list here today sophomore step up sure well we were told that we couldn't do any more tight ends so well, we were banned from it yeah oh from the executive producer yeah that's right from the executive we, right. we do tend to pick a lot one of call ones. to the executive producer and this whole thing just started working again he didn't even do anything no just a call the to light him. came on yeah he the was light. like oh is that jared oh Ding. we're good yeah we're back the light after two hours unbelievable unbelievable all right let's jump in there guys here talk about a little bit and first guy on my list is actually jerome ford running back for the cleveland browns uh you know came out of cincinnati <laughs> started his career at alabama right if you if you don't remember that Played behind Najee Harris, Damian Harris, so he didn't get a lot of reps, so he transferred to Cincinnati where his career really took off. So mm-hmm. he's used to having some patience back there. Uh, the biggest reason I like Jerome Ford as a sneaky buy, which you could literally probably get him for a fourth-round pick possibly here right now. Uh, I'd like to throw him as a, a, a throw-in mm-hmm. uh, on the trade there uh, or a trade for draft day because with Dearness Johnson being a free agent mm-hmm. and Cream Hunt being a free agent, this is a player they spent a fifth-round pick on last year. This is a team that does not have a lot of draft capital due to the Deshaun Watson trade. So they have their second. They have a compensatory pick in the third for uh, the Vikings hiring the GM. Uh, I, I forgot his name. I can't pronounce it. It's difficult. Right. Yep. Um, so they have a third-round pick, too. But they don't have a lot of draft capital. So they have a lot of needs on defense, definitely the defensive line. So the odds of them using another one on a running back here don't seem very high. They also don't have a lot of salary cap so they're not going to come in and sign somebody as well when they're already paying nick chubb and it's easy to say well nick chubb doesn't get all the carries but that's not how stefanski really runs his offense if you watch the browns you would know that they t- you know nick chubb's usually off on third downs mm-hmm. and with jerome ford what he brings in is he brings in somebody who's yes his vision's not great it's probably his biggest knock actually is his vision but he's somebody who came in played a little bit in november and looked pretty good doing it they put him in the kickoff spot he looked really good uh, somebody who can actually catch the ball didn't have a ton of carries coming out, obviously because of you know, playing Cincinnati, but Cleveland ran the ball last year. I know this is going to be a different offense with Deshaun Watson, but they ran the ball on average 31.3 times a game this past year in 2022 on average in which, um, was fifth most in the NFL. Atlanta was number one. They ran a 32.9 times a game. So it's a little bit more than one time more than Cleveland did. And, with Ford, like I said, going back to uh, probably like November, I mean, he showed he, he's pretty explosive yeah. at the running back position. So if he's going to come in and be the change of pace running back with Nick Chubb and be the third down running back, he's just one injury away from Nick Chubb to be the starting running back for the Cleveland Browns uh, and being viable that way. And we know definitely in Dynasty, like anytime you get any running back that has an opportunity, even anytime in the season, they hold value. So... Right now, I'm looking at Jerome Ford as a nice buy for a throw-in. Come draft day, somebody likes a fourth, uh, my fourth-round pick. Let me get Jerome Ford for that. It, it's it's a good situation for him. Good enough to get signed by Alabama again. Just stuck behind guys like Josh Jacobs, Damian Harris, Najee Harris. But then you'll help carry Cincinnati to the playoffs. Yep. The college football playoffs as well. And and that it is all about opportunity for him. I mean, with, with Cream Hunt moving on and Ernest Johnson going away um, in free agency, likely going going uh, away in free agency, I, I think it's great um, for a guy like this who flashed a little bit 
and then kind of disappeared. He's, he's fallen off a lot of people's radars, especially, you know, the people that don't, that don't follow really, really closely. So I think that does make him a nice guy to go out and uh, I think target in the off season, just because he's going to have a little bit of a depressed um, value, just because if somebody just looks at his stats, they're not going to jump off the page at you. That's anything crazy, but um, it's a very dis- different situation going into year two. And, and, and he, I think he flashed enough that you go, Oh, all right, I think this guy could do it if he gets the opportunity. So that's what I like about Jerome Ford. I, I do think that's a nice little buy because um, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be cheap, and all all it takes, like you said, one injury, and then he's all of a sudden in your starting lineup. There's not a lot of trades for Jerome Ford because he's not a highly coveted player right. up, up until this point. Um, but there were some back in December, and you're right, two fourths for Jerome Ford. Uh, Colt McCoy, which I'm guessing that was when Kyler went down and he was the starter, so they needed somebody for a couple games. Nice Here's opportunistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Matt Ryan, and and you got Jerome Ford and a fourth. So, yeah, not much. Once people catch up that he's probably going to be the RB2 on the team, that price will, will probably go up. So this is the right time to go by. My only question is, are we worried about Felton? doing some things no, on third down or do you think they've gotten to the point little where they're just they're kind of washing their hands away. and there's times that felton was even inactive yeah. and i think he showed us enough that he'll he'll harm be active just because of what he does on special teams mm-hmm. kick, returning kicks um Demetri felton hasn't shown anything even when given the opportunity he did his rookie season round. but he was like non-existent this year and they drafted jerome ford yeah to take his place so i mean they didn't need to draft Ford. They had Dearness Johnson. They had Cream Hunt. It was kind of a sh- surprise draft pick. It was. But yeah, they, yeah. they took best player available, and he's now going to find himself in an opportunity. Yep. Maybe they bring the Dearness Johnson back. Maybe they don't. But like you said, with, with the uh, Colt McCoy trade, this is a perfect opportunity even before draft time. Like right now, I'm like, hey, man, I'm just trying to shore up a couple of things. Um, looks like you use a little bit of help. I'll take Jerome Ford. You know, mm-hmm. like Or, hey, you, you have this running back. I'll give you this backup that's – well, and guys love, especially now that there's going to be a lot of players changing teams, you know, deep dynasty leagues, people love to have their, their quarterbacks backups. So maybe where, where does Derek Carr go? Okay. F- figure out who his backup is and you could trade him for Jerome Ford yeah. then, or, you know, something like that. Sure. Sure. There, there's some risk here because there's a chance. May the Browns draft somebody else in a fifth they round pick. It's such a deep class, right? May they use somebody in the fourth round. Uh, maybe they bring back Dearness Johnson for cheap. Maybe Dearness Johnson can't find a contract due to the abundance of running backs that are free agents and how deep the class is. Maybe Dearness Johnson can come back on a minimum contract as well. So, but there's but there's no risk though. Like even though there's risk that that could happen. Like oh, I lost my fourth. Dang well, it. And, and the big thing here too is Andrew Barry, the GM of the Cleveland Browns, loves his draft picks. Like he's cut. Since he's been the GM of the Brown, he's cut one draft pick off of this roster. That is it. No. He is loves his draft picks. So the fact that Jerome Ford is his pick just last year, they do want to see these guys develop and give an opportunity. So I, I would, as somebody who's really familiar with the Browns, I think it's very likely that Jerome Ford will be the handcuff to Nick Chubb mm-hmm. going into 2023. And with Deshaun Watson and this offense taking a change, we don't know how that's going to look, but we know the way Stefanski calls uh, plays that he likes to run the ball. He likes to mix it. And the fact that he takes Nick Chubb out consistently on third down. Um, and not only on third down, there'll be drives like, you know, two minute drives when I he'll yeah, take Nick Chubb out for an entire series. It's true. So there's a possibility Ford could be potentially a flex play even 
in season if the cards play out. And then if Sean Watson goes down for any reason whatsoever, then to be a heavy run game and Jerome Ford will be involved. Matt, who is your sophomore step up? All right, so my sophomore step up is uh, he's a slightly, I guess, more high-profile guy than Jerome Ford. Um, I'm going to go James Cook. Um, on the year, he was running back 44 in, mm-hmm. in PPR. Um, so it's not like he was crazy high on anyone's end-of-year list or anything like that. But obviously, he was a guy that came along more towards the end of the year, right? right. I mean, that's kind of when he started to shine. So I took a little snippet there between weeks, I think, 13, 14, 15, 16, because he obviously didn't play 17, and I didn't have 18 stats. Um, and in that time frame, he, he was running back 16 overall in PPR. Just, show, just shows, you know, like what he's at least capable of kind of getting to. And that was sharing time with Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. And Singletary's a free agent. You know, the only two... Uh, running backs that are on the books for next year currently are are James Cook and Naheem Hines. Now Hines has a buyout or has a, has an out in his contract as well. So depending on how they view him, he might even be gone, and it might just be sure. James Cook and whomever else they bring the draft. in. Draft right. Um, so when you dig into his stats a bit, um, James Cook was way more efficient uh, than uh, than Devin Singletary. 80 rushes, 462 yards for a 5.77 yards per carry average, two touchdowns against Singletary's 170 carries, 790, 4.64, and five touchdowns. And they both both catch pass as well. You know, um, uh, Cook has 31 targets, 19 receptions, 174 yards and a touchdown. And, and uh, Singletary, 52 targets, 37 receptions, 177 yards, and a touchdown. When you start digging in a bit, though, it's they they run against very light boxes. I looked at that, and I was very surprised. Their average box is 6.29 for Singletary and 6.22. So that's less than seven players in the box at mm-hmm. all times. So even though James Cook isn't the biggest guy ever, he's not exactly going against these big stack boxes. Everyone's right. everyone's playing the pass. The bills are spreading out. Rightly right. so. Yep. And he also catches passes nicely. So even if he is the only guy left with Naeem Hines on the roster, I think he's got a very excellent chance of, A, operating between the tackles better than people think that he should be able to, mm-hmm. and also catching a ton of passes next year because that's just what this Bills offense does. That's what James Cook is good at. So I'm, I'm really going out on a limb and, and thinking that Singletary is going to be gone. I don't think Singletary's ever shown what they want in a running back. It seems like they're always kind of looking for another guy. They went out and, you know, traded for Naheem Hines. They, mm-hmm. they drafted James Cook this year. They got rid of Zach Moss, who was kind of a plotter in between the sure. tackle type of guy. And now Singletary's coming up on the end of his contract. To me, this all kind of spells them turning the page. They're them wanting to go with James Cook. Yeah. And and it's not like they're flush with a bunch of money either to try to, to try to bring in a guy. They're a free agent. Yeah. yeah, they're they're bottom of the like middle middle to bottom of of where they have as far as cap projections next year. And they invested a second round pick into him. right. It's a I second mean, round draft. He, he's one of the highest drafted running backs of this class. Right. It was it's somewhat of a shock when he got selected where he did. So there's he's got the the draft investment capital. Uh, he's got the opportunity because you said Devin Singletary is going to go on. If they believe in Devin Singletary, they are not drafting James Cook in the second round uh, for somebody who does somewhat, somewhat similar, even though Devin Singletary is a little probably better between the tackles. He's a little <clears throat> shorter and stouter, I would call him. I don't know that he operates better between the tackles. I really don't. I think James Cook is a little underrated there. And like I said, I think he has more power. 
yes. than, yeah, than that's, James Cook. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't mind this buy at all. And I've never been the biggest James Cook guy. Uh, but, but even I don't mind this. I think this is a good time to buy, capitalize on the upside. Because worst case scenario is they decide that they're going to dip into the draft pool and, and take another running back. That is the worst case scenario for, for James Cook. But the good news is I think he established himself enough this year that he would still maintain that third down role and he would still get used five, six times a game between the tackles as well. So I still think worst case scenario, we're going to see similar-ish usage to what we saw at the end of this year. Wide receiver 16 or running back 16 numbers. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, they don't take anybody and he has most of the work. I don't think anybody at this point has all the work, right. but he gets 60, 65% of the work to himself. And then that's a, an amazing, amazing buy. So if that happens, home run, but even worst case scenario, I think you still are, I still think it's a pretty safe buy. Snap, yeah. snap shares was another one I forgot to get to. Snap shares for Devin Singletary, 67% and only 226 for, for Cook. So he has a lot of room to go up as far as snap shares and opportunity and stuff like that. So and I'm not as worried about them drafting a running back this year, spending a second last year on Cook. I can't imagine going back to back. And it, I mean, you could easily argue their bigger need is at wide receiver over yeah, running back. Right. No. So if they're going to go offense or I know they signed Dawson Knox to extensions to only a tight end, but. You know, Stephon Diggs is a little bit older there. Gabe Davis kind of up in the areas, the early dynasty darling. You know, there's going to be some really good value in the second round, early third round um, right. of this NFL draft. So they might be able to get this go receiver there over running back. So the running back they even do draft might not even be a threat to Cook, who has got the draft catapult in the second round. Yep. Uh, and this offense, like you said, without the stack box, that alone presents opportunity. Definitely for a player like him getting in the ball in the flat, short screens right there, uh, offers tremendous upside for a PPR running back. Could be the kind of guy, if, if everything plays out, could be the sneaky running back one next year, that, that low-end running back one for James Cook uh, for your dynasty team. And right now, he's probably going to cost you a pretty high second, is what I imagine. That's pretty close to probably where he got drafted at. So it's probably going to cost you anywhere from 2-1 to 2-5 for James Cook. So your best bet is to be hoping that somebody falls in love with somebody in this class. Yep. And it's got to be somebody that falls in love that you don't love as well because, let's face it, at 2-1, 2-2, 2-3, when you're on a clock, there's going to be somebody that you're infatuated with. And yeah. there, there will be, but there's all the, there's also like good opportunities to get a stack or something like that, yeah. depending on who's out there trying to get uh, James Cook. So yeah, I do see multiple trades of a second and a third for James Cook. Um, that's kind of the most common one. Then there's other ones that are players like DeAndre Hopkins, uh, straight up for James Cook. So, um, yeah, that's that. I think your range is pretty realistic. Um, this one's a 24 first, but he's also giving you get James Cook and a second. I like uh, that trade of Hopkins for Cook because it seems right away you're like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's probably got another year or two left mm-hmm. in him, but Cook offers another two to three more years as well. Sure. Similar lifespan. What's harder to get the running back and the receiver. hundred percent. It's the running backs, man. So yeah, it's, it's a very interesting player. Maybe a guy like Calvin Ridley can get it done. Mm-hmm. A guy like Deandre Hopkins. Uh, there's definitely an Avenue. What's nice about him is he's obtainable. He like, is he's obtainable. not the most upta- unobtainable running back now. And you can get him cheap. Now who knows next year, if all these guys clear out and it's just him, the price goes up. Yeah. It's gonna be gargantuous. <laughs> exactly. And that's a dangerous animal. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. Watch your step. Uh, the the first one that I'm going to go with here for my sophomore step up, 
arguably the biggest name of of the guys that we ended up picking. Sounds pretty gargantuan. He's pretty gargantuan. Uh, But I still think I picked this player because I think that there's still a lot more room in his actual value and perceived value to to still go up quite a Mm -hmm. bit. So I ended up going with Jahan Dotson. Uh, Jahan Dotson this year, 523 yards and seven touchdowns on 35 receptions. So nothing like overly exciting to write home about 500 yards, seven touchdowns. Like that's solid, but we have to remember a few things. He did miss time due to injury. Missed a chunk. Missed a chunk of time right in the middle of the season. And then on top of that, he had this, this period where I don't know exactly what happened. I think he was recovering from the injury. I don't know if it was that or if he was getting back into how the offense had changed since Carson Wentz was gone and now Tyler Heineke was in there. So there was this kind of period right after his injury where there was he was still figuring things out one way or another, whether it was injury or plays related. But if you take his beginning of the season and then once he got back into the normal offense again, he averaged around 14 points per game. Now, Right now on the season, that would be ahead of guys on, on a per game basis, guys like Mike Williams, his teammate Terry McLaurin. How dare you, Michael Pittman Jr. I needed to that. Uh, <laughs> DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, even even Debo. So I mean, he actually when he was normal and healthy in the offense, he was absolutely producing. What about Hel- when? What about touchdowns. when? What about when Mike Williams was normal and healthy? Hmm? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, if we're gonna cherry, if we're gonna cherry pick, <laughs> John Dotson was a little bit uh, inflated. He did score touchdowns. Yep. So that point's a little inflated, but he did look. He he did shine. He did look pretty good. There's a times that he looked better uh, at than Terry McLaurin at times. Exactly, and we have. To, I think of all of the guys who are like, oh yeah, he was a first round pick. He was first round pick. I feel like D- Dotson was the one that like kind of got forgotten that he was also a first round pick totally came out of the gate hot everyone remembered it for those first few games first three games yeah, yeah. and then everyone kind of forgot about Absolutely. him and and he faded away so uh, you know i was looking into the trade browser and i mean somebody had the audacity to trade him give him away basically straight up for for jalen warren um the backup running back for the steelers so i don't you gotta be uh, yeah, i'm hoping that was maybe like owner. tied to like Debbie or something and there was there's another gotta, piece yeah, there's got to be something or, else or something Steelers uh, fan uh, but I'm seeing a lot of of 23 first which is which I'm assuming are late 23 first and right now as much as I like this class I like Jahan Dotson pretty similarly to just about anybody in this class at the wide receiver Jackson position Smith and Jigba not far off I would probably take Smith and Jigba but not by much like after him and, and maybe Johnston I'd probably have him third and and I don't and I don't even know for certain that I have Dotson behind those guys. Like as a prospect, Dotson ranked really highly for me and he showed me nothing during the year to say that he wasn't that guy. And we also have to remember that the commanders now we don't know that they're getting it fixed, but pretty poor quarterback play. Wait till Derek Carr's throwing the all of that would be incredible for him. They got rid of the offensive coordinator, right? Mm-hmm. Scott Turner got uh fired. Yeah, it's all his fault. Right. They're basically giving up. They're, I think they're getting rid of Carson Wentz, right? I mean, yeah, that's like I think so. they're turning the page there. Oh, Sam Howell. You mean they're going to pay him $30 million to send the bench? Sam Howell might be the only guy that's on the roster Who now that might be there. Good. Yeah. Look good. I let him compete. I would I would sign Derek Carr and let him compete with Sam Howell. I don't think Derek Carr is going to come there if you're if, if you're telling him he's going to have to compete for somebody. Because there's plenty too. of teams that would say you're a starter right now. That's true, too. 
I wonder where Derek Carr goes. We should do a free agency show soon. We should. Like pre-free agency show. Pre-free. Pre-free. We'll call it pre-free. Love it. (laughs) Done and done. I do that when I go to the bathroom. (laughs) Pee-free. All right. Not pee-free. Oh. Uh, Pre-free. Pre-prediction? Prize fix. Prize fix. Sorry. No we do all, all love for a prediction strike, yep. uh, but we are we're still talking about prize picks though. Prize picks, best place to do your player props. And look, I'm all in on player props now. Now that Ohio Ohio has legal sports betting, I have been all over the over unders. Which guy's gonna do it? Like I even did NBA the other night. I don't watch NBA enough to do NBA. I told myself I wouldn't, but I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it was exactly. I'm a beanie box. I was like. Kevin Durant only a, only one and a half threes definitely in the over crush that too bad I missed like three of the other four in the in the parlay but that doesn't matter I hit that one um, but best place to do your overs and unders you can mix sports so yes football season's winding down but still can do playoff games uh, mm-hmm. at Prize Picks you can do NBA action you can even do like MMA soccer like you can do just about any thing you want if you want to say look lebron james is going to drop 25 i'm going to hit the over tonight uh i think patrick mahomes is going to throw over 280 yards and and you can just mesh all that together and win yourself up to 10 times your money that's right go over to prize picks use promo code nerds and receive a 100 percent instant deposit match up to 100 dollars 100 prize All right, my next sophomore step up is Daniel Bellinger, tight end for the New York Giants. You got to acquire as many of these tight ends as possible because you need the elite, right? The elite are the only true difference makers. They're the ones that give you the edge in Dynasty, and Daniel Bellinger could be just that. Uh, You know, he's somebody comes in, he has his fantastic hands. You got to remember this guy who only had three drops his entire college career. Fast, explosive, somewhat curious how he's going to translate to the NFL because they did ask him the block a lot at San Diego mm-hmm. State. But he, he's somebody who, we, when we watched his tape, we really liked him coming the out. The glimpses, yeah, that um, you got in the passing game, we all liked. Yep. So got drafted by the Giants in the fourth round, and he had, became a starter immediately. Opening day, was a starter, looked pretty good early. Uh, you know, Brian Dable is talking about, talking about saying, hey, this is a guy is a knack in open for us. He can find space. He's making key plays for us. They hit, so him, up, they hit him up at the end of round, and he scored a touchdown on that one even. They got so they're getting him involved in the running game. And right here, which, which, <laughs> no, what, the biggest thing with tight ends, it's not just about you have an abundance of equals, is opportunity, right? Like how do you get outside of that middle impact? It's just about being opportunity and targets. And right now, it's hard to, to see, foresee where the Giants are going to go. But as of right now, there's not a lot of other things to really worry about on the Giants. They have Wandale Robinson next year and Kenny Galladay. That's it. Because Is Kenny Galladay still going to be there? I got. I looked into it. So <sighs> Sterling Shepard, Richie James, and Darius Slayton are free agents. So mm-hmm. I looked at Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay signed a four-year, $72 million contract with the Giants with $17 million signing bonus. But their out isn't until 2024. They have like a 21... If they... For 2023, Galladay is going to earn $13.2 million, a $4.5 million uh, bonus. He would be 20, he would count, uh, he has a cap hit of $21.4 million, a dead cap value of $14.7 million. Chop post 
post June first, that dude split that in two uh, in two years so and get rid of him. They, no way, which is a possibility, yeah. which is what I would do. But I'm just saying he has he has a hit, and they have no uh, other receivers there. I would post June him and split up as well. Um, so right now he has an opportunity to be the guy there. Uh, outside, mm-hmm. they're probably going to sign somebody. I they're going to sign somebody, then they're probably going to draft somebody too. Regardless if Kenny Galladay is there or not, he's not there. Yeah, exactly. Taking up targets. Um, so let's, let's, <laughs> you know, there's Move a chance point. Odell Beckham resigns there, uh, who'd be an older receiver. They spent a second on Wandale Robinson, right. but Bellinger looks like he he had a really good report. Daniel Jones, they're probably going to they're probably going to sign yes. Daniel Jones to a contract extension. He had a really good r- r- rookie year. Uh, Brian Dable is looking looking upon him with smiles. Opportunity, opportunity, opportunity and comes it, to tight and he was, ends. He was starting to really get the ball rolling, and then he broke the orbital bone in his face yeah, and had, to, had to miss. Yeah, had to miss a bunch of time. So, I mean, that was just like one of those freak things that somebody's hand ended up getting right inside of his mask and popping him. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I think he played with the visor the rest of the season when he came back. But it, you know, it, it's hard to get the ball rolling again once the season. You know, your team's been without you for four or five however many games that was and they're trying to play for the playoffs he to his credit though he still did a little bit he was Mm -hmm. still getting involved it just wasn't probably to the extent that it was earlier in the season he was viable early as a a starting tight end i look for 2023 to put him towards the middle of the pack and i like to buy these kind of guys now before they start to establish themselves Mm -hmm. so you know when i play dynasty i'm always figuring out like okay what tight end has some opportunity to come up here? Because usually mm-hmm. it's like this third year breakout usually takes for a tight end. I mean, some of them, your Darren Waller takes eight years. Um, but a lot of times it takes a couple of years for your tight ends to come into the league and start to get going. I, I love what Brian Dable does as a coach. I love what he does with his offense. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Dawson Knox get better and better a little bit every year out there in uh, Buffalo. I look for the same thing with Daniel Bellinger. Do I think he's going to come out here and be a star elite tight end here in 2023? No, but I feel like his value is going to take a significant step up from where it is today. Uh, that orbital injury did kind of put a, a, a hamper on him. Send the great Dulcich, like Dulcich kind of took a hamper going on IR. I think he still will be more expensive than a guy like Daniel Bellinger, but he also has more weapons to work with. You, you would expect Russell Wilson to be way better in 23. Right. Jerry Judy had a fantastic year. Cortland Sutton as well. So I think Daniel Bellinger's in one of the prime spots right now that a tight end could be in with Daniel Jones going to his second year in Brian Dable's offense for him to come in and actually come and be a difference maker because Wandale Robbins is a smaller uh, receiver as well. So if you're looking for a red zone threat as well, Daniel Bellinger could be that guy. Dable has already experimented on them, using them in different ways. Like you said, that end around that went for a touchdown. I think he's a fantastic buy, and you could probably get him for a third-round pick, even in tight end premium league uh when because this class this class this 23 class where it's weak at receiver there's gonna be abundance of tight ends in this class as well uh Mm, there's mm, two projected mm. tight ends to go in the first already and there's probably another two to three that's gonna go draft in the second round of the nfl draft so there's gonna be a good class there as well i'm getting ahead of it i'm i'm trading for daniel bellinger i would pay a third round pick for daniel bellinger no problem whatsoever Love Bellinger. I, I would also pay that price. Um, I think he's. I think he's one that's worth the squeeze. It'll probably take two thirds in, in a premium league. <sighs> oh, in a to premium. A, yeah. to it, a le- it might. It might take a second. It, it might take a second. Actually, yep. in a tight end premium, it's going to take a second. In a regular league, it's going to take a th- probably two thirds. I would pay two thirds in a regular league. I would pay a second in a tight end premium league. I want to see where these other tight ends go, but it doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter where these rookies go. Anyways, Daniel Beller is going to his second year. It's all about opportunity. So I'm looking at opportunity here when it comes to that for Daniel Bellinger. So if there's a tight end that somebody falls in love with, they got drafted in the second round of the NFL draft, and they're at 2 eight, he's sitting there, and I can get Daniel Bellinger because that person wants to draft him, I would much rather take Daniel Bellinger and, and take what I've already seen and what I expect to see in 23. Matt? Sure. All right. Uh, did you mention Greg Dulcich by any chance? I sure did. All right. I'm not going with him, but I am going with the guy that is <laughs> right. Got a tight end to back up your <laughs> tight end. Right below him. Less than a point underneath <laughs> him as far. Or no. Two points. 2.1 points oh, never below mind, him. Man. Yeah, forget it. Never mind. This whole argument's out the window. <laughs> Finished his 20, uh, tight end 28 on the year. And I can barely say his name. So Chig Ogonkwu, right? Ogon- That's pretty close. Ogonkwu? Yeah. Ogonkwu. Um, I'm not even going to try his full name because I'm just going to butcher it. But anyway, tight end of the Tennessee Titans, rookie this this past season. Um, totally unheralded. I, I feel like barely anyone's talking about him. He was a guy that very he started off pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Back towards the end of the year, though, I mean, he was kind of viable weeks 13, 14, 15. He had 10.8, 18.5. Since week 12, he was tight end three overall in PPR since week 12 okay yeah i mean he, he put together some good weeks week, week 14 he had an 18.5 you know point outburst and so that was that was what kind of put him on my radar i, lo- I loved his athleticism coming out of maryland he was a bit of a raw prospect so i wasn't sure how quickly it was going to translate i right. i in no sh- no way shape or form did i think he was going to be kind of putting up this production in year one especially with a guy like austin hooper on the team as well but when you dig into the numbers a little bit, this guy right now is sixth in average target distance, 8.18. So he's not like just a, a close to the line of scrimmage right, type he's of getting guy. Downfield. He's getting downfield a little bit. He's also sixth in fantasy points per target, 2, 2.07, which is a really good, uh, really good mark for, for anybody, really. And the points, the points per reception, he's sixth. He's got he's got 12. The he's also he's he's on this list quite a bit at sixth. <laughs> uh, target target separation he's over two he's two point three four uh, yards per uh, separation per target, and where he really starts kind of separating himself is the yards per reception number one out of all the tight ends fourteen point six seven. So if he's number six at eight at you know eight something uh, yards per target and he's getting fourteen. That's every catch he's getting. Big place. Yeah, he's getting an extra six yards after that. So that's, I mean, that's that's what he's kind of good at. That's what that's what he's kind of excelling at. And the guys below him, George Kittle, Dallas Goddard, Jordan Atkins, Dulcich, who everyone loves, uh, mm-hmm. you know, is four four spots below him, and a, a couple yards per reception less. And then it's Hunter Henry, Foster Moreau, Travis Kelsey's way, you know, way down the list, twelve point six against fourteen point seven six. And the last, last but not least, the yardage per target, he's he's up over ten, um, and that's good for second. He's the only person that's ahead of him is um, Dallas Goddard, and the the guys all around him: George Kittle, Will Disley, Jordan Atkins. It's all the big name guys, and yards per route run, he's number one as well, three point two. So this guy, he's showing up in so many statistical categories where he's either top six or one or two. That to me, there's just too many telltale signs that this guy, his athleticism is translating to the NFL. And that's the one thing that 
I wasn't sure if it was going to if it was going right. to he was going to put it together, and he did it really quickly. Well, Year one, not a lot of not a lot of people are talking about him. That's why I think now was the time. We, to we see a lot of athletic freaks go at tight end, and it just doesn't always translate. It doesn't always pan out. Right. So you know, it was kind of easy to just well, we'll see. He was drafted late, you know, but. No, he's put it together. He's shown that he can make legitimate plays at a position where we're begging to have players that are making plays. There's so few of them. So if you give me a, a player that even even if it doesn't pan out and you tell me, Garrett, you're going to have to trade a late second-round pick right now for a guy that has the ability to be a number one tight end but might not be, that's fine. Like I will absolutely take that chance. I did that day. a couple of years ago with Juwan Johnson, and it was like within his first two games of of just seeing him score touchdowns and look dominant in the red zone. Mm-hmm. I sent a second round draft pick to him, and I and I'm sure people in the league thought I was insane. Mm-hmm. And I sat on him until this year, and it's starting to pan out now. You right. know what I mean? Like he's starting to look like a guy that is going to be very viable week in and week out, and is just a mismatch and a nightmare because he's just he was he was a former wide receiver right. you know what i mean that transitioned and and chig i think could be a guy that could also be just a nightmare to match up to with. match up with and, yeah. and you're talking about the, the last third of the league the last third of the year when he, from week 12 on i mean he really did come out and and dominate i mean he averaging over 10 points per game average 11.9 points per, per game which is better than travis kelsey um better than yeah, if you're better doing Kelsey, that's all you really have to say. <laughs> and, and Matt, you went through all the stats that he, he was leaning at. So, you know, yeah, they fired their offensive coordinator, uh, down, Todd Downing today. Um, we don't know for sure if Ryan Tannehill is going to be the quarterback in 2023, but you're, this is a long-term play. Yep. So, and I love it. And, and does it cost you a second? Probably not. Oh, I don't think I don't think you would have to give that. I think he's. I don't think you would have to. I think he's in the third or maybe maybe two thirds. Easy third round buy for me yeah. for your upside. And like you said, if you have to stash him for two more years, that's fine. If if and if if, if it flames out, so what as well. But this is kind of the upside player that you are going to go for. Again, opportunity. You're talking about target share. You go. I know Traylon Burks and all those guys were hurt. You know, at the end of the year too. But I mean, you're talking about the last couple of games. Like he tied for the lead in target share you're seeing almost 18 percent in target share for his team and you were talking earlier as you know i can't remember who it was you said put him in as a throw-in i think he's a perfect throw-in mm-hmm. he's a perfect cherry on top type of guy where the where the person who has him will be like uh yeah no i'll give him up because i who knows what he'll be yeah and then you you end up with this guy on your roster and he kind of sits there and you can you can foster him on your roster if it, you don't it's have a him. part of strategy in dynasty that you have to it's a game you have to play right when mm-hmm. there's a number one target that you want, they need to go make a trade and try and like you, you are making, you're offering a player for a player that you know, you're giving up more value and you let the player know that. And you need us a little bit more on top. Hey, how about you give up this player? But the whole plan was just to get that player. And that's where chick comes into, I think, or again, any player we're probably talking about here, Jerome Ford could fall in that category. You obviously chick offers way more upside than Jerome Ford. But I love the buy. I love the statistics. I love the upside. Again, target share, target share, target mm-hmm. share. We're talking about a team. Will Robert Woods be on the Tennessee Titans in 2023? I don't know. Who knows? Probably so, doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. So you have I, Trey Lemberks. I think Austin Hooper might be the guy <laughs> that you have to like really worry about. Hooper was a guy that had. Just because he's going to be on the field. He had, yeah, he had, uh, I think, 50. No, not. Uh, I can't find. Oh, the the target the target share the snap share he was at over fifty percent fifty two point seven and Chig was down at thirty six. So if that could flip, I mean, just if if they notice that 
Chig is, you know, doing all his assignments as, as he's supposed to as a tight end, and then he's much more efficient in the passing game. I think it's just a matter of time before Austin Hooper gets ta- overtaken by a more athletic tight end again, yet again, because sure. he's, he's just kind of a plotter. Yeah, I saw, I saw some stats online. Um, I think it was courtesy of uh, even actually like draft sharks that had him at over the last three games. It was like a 45.7% route participation uh, for him there for the last three games. So they are and starting to catch on. It they're like. trying to catch yep. up. He was running 17.7 routes per game. So, yeah, I mean, a great buy. I love it as a nice sophomore step up. All right, last one. And this is the one I have the least information on just because it's we don't know. We don't know what's what's 100% going on with this player, how things are going to pan out. Uh, but but my sophomore step up is, is John Mechie. Mm. Uh, I want to acquire John Mechie on my teams, which is really funny because going back to our draft analysis, I didn't really like John Mechie. I didn't think he was that special. I thought he was a very fine player. I was actually surprised that when he went in the second round, I thought he was a third round receiver. Uh, but he is. He's a second round receiver, went 44th overall last year. And then really unfortunate with the cancer stuff, just wasn't able to play this year. But you look at Houston. They're they're going to be starting over again, Yep. Uh, basically. So any rapport that anyone had with any of their old quarterbacks, out the window. Head coach gone. Head coach gone, probably quarterback gone because they have the second overall pick. That means potentially his former teammate Bryce Young might be there. That means CJ Stroud or if they fall in love with somebody like Will Levis. But either way, at number two, it seems highly, highly, highly likely that they're going to be taking a quarterback at number two overall in the NFL draft this year. Best friend for a new quarterback is a young receiver also learning at the same time, growing together, learning. We see this happen often, and it usually means good things for both parties. Mm Mm-hmm. I think he's a player that's talented enough. I still don't think he's an elite player. I don't think he's ever going to be this this amazing wide receiver one. But I think for the third round pick, and I, I, I looked uh, on the Dynasty Nerds trade finder, lots of John Mechie for a third. There's other stuff where he's involved in big packages, so it's hard to parse out sure. exactly what it's worth. But that was the most common thing I saw, John Mechie for a third. There's a very real chance that he could be the number one receiver for the Houston Texans next year. If I have to give up a third round pick to get a guy that's sort of in a second season, even though it's his first season, that's the number one receiver for a team. I will give up a third round pick all day, any day to do that. Now we still, we've literally not seen him play a snap of football. So there's plenty of risk involved, but at such little price, the payout of what he could potentially be for the Houston Texans is just too good to pass up. I totally agree. I, I, went ahead and I was kind of trying to rebuild a, a team this year. I wasn't super successful at it. Cause I just, I wasn't able to make some of the trades I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I did do was a, go out and acquire uh, John Mechie in a trade. And, and I just, I love, I love the upside. I know we didn't see anything from him obviously, but I, I liked him, I think a bit more than you did. I remember us arguing about him. Yeah. Y- yeah. No. Um, so I think there's a little bit more upside there as long as everything checks out after the health yeah, yeah from the health from a health perspective so i uh, and like you said if he's the number one even if he's the number two option i think he still offers a heck of a lot of upside from a potentially elite quarterback sure absolutely so i i really do i really do like that for a third for sure i mean that's a slam dunk easy easy 
um, slam, you know, except on that one. Yeah, because, I mean, you had to use a, a late second to get yeah, him last absolutely. year. Absolutely. Yeah. So a second round pick, and it's and people just draft. it's people getting scared off by the health concerns and just wanting to recoup something. I'm sure if he's going for a third, yeah. Exactly. All right, we'll be back next week. New show, talking dynasty again. We'll figure out the nerd herd episode here very soon. Uh, look at look at our Twitter at Dynasty Nerds. Uh, we'll kind of get the information out. We apologize again. Two hours of technical delays here, but we got the show out. We did it, and we got more coming. And we'll be back next week talking more dynasty. Fantasy football as we inch our way closer to these rookie breakdowns, which will start right around the senior bowl. Don't forget about Calvin Austin. Go out and get him. Adios. I already forgot about him.